Welcome to A Little Marketing with Nikki and Mark and Phil, a podcast where marketers discuss marketing and the small moves that make a big difference. A Little Marketing is a collaboration between Blue Whale Communications in Kelowna and 1020 Marketing in Montreal. Have a question or topic suggestion? Email Nikki at Nikki at BlueWhaleCommunications.ca. Look for A Little Marketing on YouTube and coming soon to your favorite podcasting platforms. Subscribe, like, and share. Hi, Mark. Hey, Nikki. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I, uh, my boyfriend gave me not trouble, but he came home yesterday and said, how are you? And I said, oh, good. You know, the usual. And he said, I always know what you're going to say because you always say the exact same thing. And I said, I know I do on the podcast too, but I don't know what else to say. It's (laughs) things are good. The usual. I, I, I notice also a lot of times when we're talking to our guests, like the first thing you say coming out of that, and and I shouldn't say it now because then you're going to be thinking about it. But you, but you go amazing. I do know that I say amazing all the time and too yes. often, but yeah. it's just like great. Like it's really cool info, and I don't really know how else to <laughs> to express articulate it. that. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> so last week's uh, episode was fun. I was I was watching it uh, a little bit over lunch. Uh, well, the one that would just went live on the March first. Um, and, uh, again, I just want to reiterate full disclosure, the guest was my brother <laughs> and all that sort of stuff, but, uh, actually had very valuable information for, uh, businesses that are looking to grow through funding. And, uh, you know, Jamie does, uh, you know, finance to own plans uh, or lease to own plans, I should say, and other ways of, uh, of getting capital into business owners hands. So if that sounds like something uh, of interest to you, then definitely have a listen to that show, watch it. And um, if anybody needs any contact information, I'd be help- happy to to set you guys up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was definitely an episode where I left with like the wheels turning. How can I take advantage of this and use these programs? Definitely. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, my brother is married, so I don't really want you to take advantage of him too much. Okay. Well, no, just the programs. Oh, okay. Fine. <laughs> Perfect. So uh, what do we have in store today, Nikki? So today we're talking to an old client and friend of mine, Dominic Dennery. She's really an expert at helping organizations manage their people through change um, and, you know, ensure mental health in the workplace and everything is is at the level that needs to be while these changes are happening. But we're going to talk to her about how to apply that on a bit of a smaller level um, for small businesses and anyone who has a team under them. So We'll let her in. Right. Hello. 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 Welcome. Welcome to our podcast. (laughs) I'm very happy to be here today. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, We really appreciate you being here. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to to talk to fellow entrepreneurs. Great. Well, Mark and I say all the time, that's one of the best things about this is just being able to chat with other marketers or other business owners and, you know, talk for 20 minutes. And it's like a lovely part of the day. Yes, it is. So, Nikki, you want to you want to kick it off with the usual? The usual. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and kind of what led you to do what it is you do today? Okay. 
So I'm a, an, an entrepreneur, but also a consultant. So I started out working for large organizations and then decided to create my own consultancy over 25 years ago. So it's been a while and I love Congratulations. it. Thank you. I love it. You have to reinvent yourself all the time. And uh, so I, my business is in various areas of support to people in organizations. So as a result of that, I created a new enterprise, a social enterprise uh, called Obsidian Leadership. That's a year old or less. <laughs> it's a baby. And it's for training and coaching professionals from vulnerable, vulnerable groups, equity groups in the workplace. So that's the two uh, areas that are uh, close to my heart, if you like. And then the third one is my art. So I'm also an artist, but that's for another conversation. <laughs> well, so first I'll, of all, I'll just throw out and say a very talented artist and sculpt, sculptor, sculptor, sculptress, sculptor. Yeah. I have a piece in Montreal, Mark. So I have oh. a uh, the statue of Toussaint Louverture that I created for the city of Montreal for its 375th anniversary. Uh, mm. And with the, the Haitian community is standing in Parc Toussaint Louverture on Boulevard de Maisonneuve in Montreal. And That's I have amazing. another sculpture here in uh, uh, Gatineau on the other side of Ottawa where I live in, in the city hall there. So, uh, yes, yeah, so I have public art and I have art in different collections. And I was just in the Senate for the last month for Black History Month. I had one of my pieces called Black Man Rising that was in the uh, lobby of the Senate of Canada. So pretty proud of that. That's pretty cool. That's <laughs> and, amazing. Oh, Good for yeah. you. Uh -huh. The other thing I wanted to say is like, hats off to you, 25 years, you know, being, being your own, you know, entrepreneur, being out there, putting yourself out there, evolving, adapting. You know, I've been doing it for 15 years now and I kind of, I kind of get what you mean when you say you always need to evolve because I feel like that never really ends. Yes, we were having a conversation with a friend uh, uh, last night about that and she's been in business almost as long as I have been. And she was saying, I think I'm going to start switching towards another area like of HR that she's interested in. And I said, oh, why is that? You're so good here. She says, because the business is starting to dry up. So the adaptation is us growing, but also our markets telling us that you know yeah, they yeah. need something and they Evolution. need of this yeah. and more of that and if you miss the boat then you might have some months where you really don't have much of a book you know much of my, a, a number of uh, contracts that you need so and even when we we think we're well prepared a pandemic can come along <laughs> and Fair. throw everything when i was in the in-person delivery of workshops and coaching and and training and all that and you lose everything on March 13, 2020, 2020. 2020 yeah. <laughs> and, and you have to build it all up again. And um, it's been it's been uh, difficult at times, but so much learning. And uh, and I find that we pushed all our businesses five years ahead in a couple of years or even a year in terms of technology. So I don't think I would have been able to do what I what I've done and what I'm continuing to do had I not been forced <laughs> to deliver online everything that, that I do. And now so, hybrid. Yeah. So let's let's go down that path a little bit and help our listeners understand exactly what it is that you are doing and, and how you're helping organizations. Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, most of the most of the workplace um, 
um, was built for another century with uh, with uh, a certain type of worker in mind. So most uh, of the folks I work with are trying hard to help their employees uh, adapt and for themselves to become better leaders. So um, folks are suffering in the workplace, if I can put it that way. I mean, they go to work, they show up. You know, they have a certain front, but uh, inside they may be having um, all kinds of mental health issues, physical issues, um, issues around their family and 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 friends. And um, so, you know, we've we've created workplaces that weren't very focused on humans, which is why many of us have chosen to exit those workplaces and work for ourselves. And my role is to help people humanize their workplace and support their people and provide the people in those workplaces with tools for their own resilience and uh, and wellness, if you like. Yeah, I find that so interesting because, you know, it's been a long time since I've actually been going to an office just like you. Uh, but I remember, like, depending on the culture of where I was, like the you you use the word to humanize yeah. the workplace and and there were some places that just didn't feel like they were run by humans for humans and i totally can relate to what you're saying there yeah and uh, unfortunately there's still this sense that a leader is some kind of strong man often <laughs> who's going to um know the answer to everything so there's no uncertainty with that person and you just they they work hard they drive hard and you follow that most of us are not like that as leaders most of the followers don't follow just anybody so let's remove some of those myths from the last century or even before where humans used to look to this strong leader to guide them during pestilence or something you know we're in the 21st century and we need human leaders and we need people we need to respect people in the workplace and we also need people to do their share so to do the adaptation mark and you know we've done some work with uh, Nikki in the past <laughs> around how do you help people manage change how do you help them adapt to to what's going on in their environment because it's not just the employer who has to do things the employee does too but it's the 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 context, the culture you set as an employer, you can either attract or repel people. You can get production from them for a short period of time, but you'll lose them as fast as you bring them in if you don't know how to treat people as people. So I guess like the obvious question to that is what what's the first thing to that? Like it's easy to say treat people as people, but like what does that actually mean? Yes, I think, in, you know, there's a, a number of elements, but the first one, I think, is actually uh, speak to them as adults. <laughs> Tell them what your plans are. What is your vision? Where are you going? And where do they fit there? Or And where do they see themselves fitting? So have a conversation about uh, what you're trying to build and make them part of that. So we used to call it vision, whatever you want to call it. The idea is people go to work and stay at a workplace if they're doing meaningful work. So if you can make that connection for them, that's the first thing. And the other thing which you and I participated in in the work we did, Nikki, is the engagement. So it's how you make sure that people are part and parcel of what's going on. And I, you know, I was speaking to an employee of mine in my small team who was saying that she, you know, she was totally discouraged last week, but this week by spending a day and having an opportunity to meet people and be onboarded properly and be engaged and understand what's going on, that she saw a future with the company, which like, thank you, <laughs> which was really a, a relief. And I'd say the, the, the last 
maybe one of the most important things is, as you were saying, Mark, what kind of environment are you creating? Is it respectful? Do people feel that they can be themselves when they come to work? Are they able to, um, uh, you know, in the interactions with others, with suppliers, as well as people within, is there that respect, you know, for, for them as humans? And, you know, all the isms are dehumanizations racism, sexism, you know, ableism, all of these isms is making people into like a stereotyper instead of humanizing and understanding and getting to know people. And when you're able to create an environment where that's the norm, again, that's a way to ensure people that you continue on your journey together with folks that you bring in. Yeah, I think, so, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say, going back to making people feel included, one of my my last real job, um, one of the things that they did was once a month, we had an all staff meeting and this company had offices across Canada. So everyone would join either in person or via Zoom and we'd go through the company's numbers and it was very transparent and nice. everyone was a part of that, whether you're you know a salesperson or yeah, you know, answering phones, whatever, everyone was involved and everyone knew exactly where the company stood. And it felt like we were being trusted with this mm -hmm. kind of nice. information. And um, I mean, it was a small thing, but it really made a difference in terms of getting people on board and working towards a cause. It, it's funny because I was, I was going to go somewhere, but you kind of lead into it a little bit better, Nikki, which is you know, on this show, we talk a lot about marketing and, you know, obviously the title of the show, a little marketing and this and that. And we always try to relate our guests back to that topic. And I find this is an area that we haven't really touched on, which is the culture of the business mm -hmm. that you have is actually a vehicle for marketing the business too, whether it is working with your employees or suppliers or customers. It's really a question of, what culture do you create inside your, your four walls or on the floor where you're working that becomes the reason why people want to work with you as well? That's, that's a way of marketing your business. I think we sometimes forget that the story that we're telling through marketing, advertising, social media, et cetera, has to actually match that culture. Right. So it, it, you know, you're, it's a tool, marketing. It's not an end in itself. And uh, what are you marketing? And is it congruent? You know, and so we we talk often with organizations about, you know, you have to be uh, congruent first, then you're consistent. So you try you, you make sure you're always congruent and then you align what you have inside to match that and ensure there's some uh, collaboration, cohesion, et cetera. But the congruency is key. And people have excellent BS detectors now. Mm -hmm. I find even better than in the past and uh, they'll pick up on it like you're saying one thing but you know we're not seeing that 100%. and I think a company. lot of a lot of the best marketing campaigns that you end up seeing are the ones that are um, you know re really reflective of the culture of the company like if you think exactly. of the bigwigs like Nike and Apple and others right like m maybe they're not the most perfect examples but you get a sense that what they're putting out in the world is also what's being put into their product and being put into their process. Maybe there's a lot of BS in that alone, but in general, you can almost smell it from afar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. And that's where Nikki's going to help me <laughs> with, the, with the congruence and the coherence and the, of the the next uh, the next uh, business that I'm 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 building uh, and with your skills in in marketing for sure. So let, let's let's get into a little bit uh, of specifics, Dominique. Uh, what are some of the programs that you work with with your clients that help them get over these humps? Yes, so um, I have uh, a program that I've been delivering uh, and adapting uh, for the online world uh, that's called um, Pathways to Wellness. And, and so we've changed that to resilience uh, and emotional agility. And so it's seen us through before the pandemic, during the pandemic, you know, we're still in a pandemic, but, you know, this last stage of the pandemic, and it's really equipping people with the tools to um, uh you know, thrive and sur survive and thrive in, in the workplace and beyond. It helps them with their life. It helps them in the workplace. And it's also concrete tools, how to have tough conversations with the, the bully in your office, how to, you know, how to set boundaries when you're always asked to work more and more and more and more. How to, how to, how to. So there's also, you know, the world has changed. Here's what we're dealing with. And then here's what you do to adapt. And here's some really important tools to have in your toolbox. We do that with employees. We do that with managers as well who have themselves to manage <laughs> and their emotional states and stress and lots of work on the stress response and all that. And uh, neuroscience builds in that and all that and what they do with their teams. The other piece that we do a lot is with anti-racism. So we have on the one side, what we do uh, generally for, for humans and work places <laughs> and on the other ones we deal with those who are most vulnerable so it is how do you so we have two sides again to that one of them is how do you support people as they go through these workplaces that are not necessarily um, uh, welcoming and inclusive of their full humanity and on the other side is helping those managers leaders and some of them at very senior levels I don't can't put them on social media, Nikki, but <laughs> they said no Twitter in here, but very senior folks in large organizations who need to address some of the, the ways they're using their powers to include or exclude. And, um, you know, there's, there's a, a realization, I think, that people have that they need to do a lot more to make workplaces human <laughs> uh, or, or conducive to human life and expression and that they better do it fast because folks are voting with their feet. And uh, and even if they're there, they might be quiet quitting. They might not be doing much. So how do you keep people engaged is things that Nikki said about being transparent and true and have a vision and meaning and all that, but also how you treat them on an everyday basis. And you can't be a 21st century manager if you don't understand about diversity. If you don't, if you don't understand about, you know, mental health. If you don't know a thing about, you know, um, team dynamics and you don't understand uh, phases people go through in the workplace and you can't read the signs and no, it requires managers to be a lot more than what we asked for in the past. The phrase that you just used, um, voting with their feet is really interesting and it's, it's accurate. I've never heard it put that way before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I deal with that a lot. And um, uh, 
Um, what I do is, you know, people come to me because I'm older <laughs> and they say, what's a good place to work in Ottawa? And I say, well, I can't say that absolutely. But why don't you talk to so-and-so and so-and-so? Because often they're burning out or they're they're really miserable where they are. And these are people, these are wonderful people. And some people I've known for a long time. And all of a sudden they come, I can't stand it anymore. And it's often the manager. It's often the person just above, even if when you're very high up, the one just above you can make your life miserable. <laughs> and, and so, you know, it is helping people move. And, uh, and then some organizations have too many people want to work there because they have such wonderful management and others are always looking for people. So I think we've got more power than we, we, we know sometimes with that voting with your feet, right? Mm. So how does a business owner, say you're a small business owner, you have two or three managers and they're the ones kind of in the store day to day, whatever, working with your staff, like the next level down staff, how does that business owner make sure their managers aren't falling out of, I don't know, falling out of line? Is that the right word? Yeah. But like, you know, yeah. causing employees to want to quit. Yeah. And let me lay, let me layer something on top of that question, which is, with more of a hybrid work sort of situation with people being on site, being working from home, working remote. Like, how do you how do you manage that aspect of it from a team perspective and humanizing that experience when you have people who are, you know, infrequently coming into the office? Mm -hmm. There's something called the, I'll start with the last one. There's something called the availability bias. So if someone's close to you, you will tend to spend more attention there. And and uh, so it's a real it's a real thing <laughs> to address when you're you've got a hybrid workplace. I have people working with me who are in the U.S. and other parts of Canada, and I have a couple of people in Ottawa. And um, um, yeah, I have to be cognizant of that. Like, how much attention am I giving? <laughs> and um, not just like a parent child. That's not it at all. But how much? support am I providing for people to give their best work? And is there a difference in the way I do it with the hybrid folks or with the virtual folks versus the in-person folks? So that availability biases, it creeps up pretty easily. The other one around the team leader, Nikki, is um, there's a couple of, of experiences I've had that have really opened my eyes to the fact that sometimes the, the big boss is using the middle people to do his or her dirty work. So it's not just the middle people or bad people or something. They're getting pressures from someone who wants to appear like the good person and then lets the other people do the work. So you, you don't want to be uh, a consultant to that kind of leader. Um, I'm, I'm getting better at detecting that. When they are excellent and really want to do what's right, but they have hired people who are excellent at their jobs and suck at people management, then you need to uh, uh, find ways through surveys, um, skip level interviews, uh, as they call them, uh, uh, spontaneous kind of get togethers where there's room to kind of corner the boss and say, I, I, you know, I want to change jobs, I'm miserable, or I'm loving it here. And thank you for that. Or so opportunities to have those conversations we used to have by the cooler or in informal settings, it's a little harder with a hybrid uh, workplace, but connecting one-on-one -on -one with as many people as you can. So you can make it as, oh, it's once a year I do a 
you know, CEO day or whatever, create the opportunity to have those conversations or to listen into certain circles or certain uh, employee um, uh, discussions so that you keep the pulse there. Because the higher you rise, the less you know what's going on. And uh, those smiling faces won't tell you what's really happening in your company before it's too late. So yeah, it's important to keep the pulse on the the heart of the company. Yeah. So Dominique, I think this is like such a fascinating topic. And I think we can go on for hours and hours and hours. But I think we're going to have to conclude. But before we let you go... Um, what what I would wonder is, you know, what's the number one, what's the number one situation you usually get brought into, and what what do you what do you see in terms of evolving past that to help companies sort of understand like this is what you need to look out for. Of course, you can help them fix it, but like what what's the number one sort of situation that you're involved with with your clients now, if that makes um, sense. Dealing with situations like I've, I just mentioned where the intermediate person isn't emotionally intelligent. Right. So they they are highly intelligent, but I won't say the word. It starts with A and it goes with H. Like they're not they're not able to um, to be human in a workplace because they're trying to deliver and prove and and um, it's it's people are tools you know so it's a theory you know different theories of management but you want to make sure that you're not bringing in those those brilliant people who don't know how to uh, work with humans so I think that goes back to what you said at the very beginning of the talk which is be human humanize the workplace yes absolutely yeah awesome Nikki any last uh, thoughts or questions no this is a really great chat like yeah, I said, we could have gone on forever we'll have to get you back on for oh, we can talk about something else Montreal <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun favorite city yeah. and other other places but thank you for having me it was very right. lovely of you to uh, um, bring me in and the topic is close to my heart and you ask excellent questions one of them I wrote I said okay let me think more about culture <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much amazing thanks for thank giving us the time Bye-bye. Bye. Good find. Lovely. I love Dominic. Yeah, she's so, she's so bubbling with personality. Bubbling. She, mm -hmm. she actually reminds me of one of my, uh, my one of my aunts. <laughs> one of my favorite aunts. Yeah, you have to say that now. <laughs> yes. Well, no, it's true. It's actually a fact. Yeah. Uh, all right. So um, what do we have on tap for our next show? Ooh. Whoa. Um, sorry. Poppy has something to say. Um, yeah, next week we're talking to Michelle Leach. Um, she's a sort of expert in the online space and in the sense of making sure, you know, your T's are crossed and I's are dotted and that all the pieces are where they need to be for you to actually, you know, make make your business profitable. So whether that's like a local business or an online shop. Um, yeah. So Amazing. Amazing. Love great. it. Perfect. As you know, local businesses speak to me, so that's uh, that's a good topic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, should be great. All right, well, you have yourself a good uh, rest of the week. Thank you, you too, Mark. All right, thank you. Bye. Ciao.